So, Julie, I have a question. Yeah. Do we have to have a bit when we're not actually talking about Outlander? Um, no. I don't think we do. Like, I know you guys are here for the Outlander, but we're about to talk somebody to, about something else, so fuck your bits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck that, you and your bits. That's it. That's the bit. And you can take your shine box. <laughs> All right, that's not really a bit, but hey, I am Allison. And I'm Julie. And this is Podlander Drunkcast, an Outlander podcast. We are giving you a little supplemental episode because we're off this week. We didn't record over Thanksgiving because Julie has a life and I have a lazy. So, <laughs> just, I mean, I guess, no, I couldn't have recorded by myself. That would, no one wants to listen to like 45 minutes of me just going, yeah, well, that scene was great. Very powerful. I think you underestimate yourself. <sighs> I'm pretty sure I don't. <laughs> um, anyway, we thought, uh, since we couldn't get together with Janine and record a proper episode in time for you for this week, that we would, in anticipation of... The continuation of Droughtlander, since we still don't have a return date for the show, um, tell you a couple of the things that we have really liked watching on television that may appeal to fans of Outlander. Does that sound like an apt summary? Yes. How easy was it for you to come up with titles like this? Uh, it, two of them were very easy. One of them I had to think about a little bit more. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I am in full end-of-year list mode, uh, so it was actually really hard for me. Well, because you're watching everything. I'm watching everything. I had to send in a ballot this morning, a TV ballot this morning, um, and I was like, oh, Jesus, I have to pick 15 shows, and at first that seems like that's really hard. Were the 15 shows I liked this year? And then when your list is 40 long, you realize you have to start calling things. Don't right. worry. Don't worry. Outlander made the list. Um, I was just about to say, it's rigged. <laughs> Well, you know, there are people they don't like. They don't like the boning and the kilts. I guess. But I think Outlander should be on anyone's end of year list, just for the moment when uh, Gilf gets his little beanie shut off. Yes, agreed. Right yes. for that alone. That mm. and and Fergus. Yes. All the sick burns. Yeah. Sickest burn award. Fergus. Fergus. All day. Um, so we came up with a list. We we were each going to choose our own little set, and we realized we have one that overlaps. So these are in no particular order, except for that the final choice, our number one choice, is the single strongest recommendation that we can make to you. We take that recommendation very seriously. Yes. Um, so here are seven shows that when you run out of Outlander to watch or rewatch, or your spouse significant other friend or cat refuses to watch the wedding one more time here are some things you should watch and julie why don't you kick us off i start with our number seven show this uh is a netflix program it's grace and frankie starring jane fonda and lily tomlin uh it's a show about two women in their later years whose husbands end up being gay and leaving their wives for each other the husbands are played by Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston. And it's a very, it's a fun show. And just getting to watch Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda be together is awesome. And you were saying you consider it a great romance. I do, because Sam Waterston and Martin Sheen together are really great. And the story of how they work with each other and fall in love and how they've loved each other for all these years and how they've decided finally to be their authentic selves is very inspiring to me. 
Oh, God, that sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. I was all gearing up to make a joke about how we need a spinoff about what happens when the greatest fictional lawyer in television history, and apologies to Perry Mason, but come on, and the <laughs> and the greatest fictional president in television history, apologies to whoever the fuck was the president on 24. What no. the fuck is that guy's name? Dennis Hastert. Yes. No. No, Martin Sheen kicks his ass. Yeah, Jed Bartlett for the win. Anyway, I was going to make a joke about that, and then it was all warm and fuzzy and real. Um... So, Grace and Frankie on Netflix. I haven't watched that one yet either, so if you start watching it, tell me on the old Twitters, and I will watch along with you because I'm behind on some of my Netflix shows. No, but not on this one. Uh, my pick, our number six, uh, and again, the only number that matters here is number one. We just alternate so that you don't have to listen to both of us all the time, um, is uh, Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, a series, two, it's an Australian series, Two seasons uh, available on Netflix, and they just announced, I don't know if you saw this, that they're going to make a Miss Fisher movie. Yes! Which I am very excited about. Um, you know what I'm excited about? What? Her name is Phryne. Phryne. Rhymes with Heine. Heine, yes! Yeah. Uh, Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, if you, like a, if you like a mystery, if you like a procedural, um, if you like a beautiful costume, this, of all of the shows on this list... Maybe including out... Well, no, there's one exception. There's one show with better costumes on this list. Yes. It's our number one. But this is number two. Um, the costumes are every bit as good as the costumes on Outlander. Maybe slightly less thoughtful, but a zillion times more decadent. And yes, I'm including the swan nipple dress. Mm-hmm. The swan nipple dress in like a 20s version would be totally at home on Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. There's a lot of hair jewelry. Um, there's a lot of beautiful shoes. Um, but Franny Fisher is a woman uh, in the 20s who just doesn't give a fuck about your societal norms and she solves mysteries and has sex with whoever she wants to have sex with and doesn't judge anybody else. She's very, very close with her maid who is a devout Catholic and they it's just a really lovely show. There's a great will they or won't they too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I turned Julie onto that one. It's great comfort yeah, food, isn't it? It's fun. It's like watching Murder, She Wrote. But Jessica Fletcher went back in time, reversed aged like 35 years, um, and had an incredibly decadent youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of money. What's the name of the fake town in Murder, She Wrote? Do you remember? Oh, God, no. It's like... It's something Connecticut. Yeah, it's like Cape Cuckett, right? Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> It sounds like a real place. Yes, it is um, something like that. Cape Cuckett. Cape Cuckett. Anyway, oh, God. Well, now that it sounds like... And like an evil, hateful person on the internet. Anyway, um, Julie, what's your next one? Uh, I got number five on the list, and that is Fresh Off the Boat. And this is a very um, formulaic sitcom on ABC, except that instead of being a white family, it's an Asian family. And the last time that a major network had a show that centered on an Asian family, it was... Uh, All-American Girl with Margaret Cho. And that was sometime in like the late 80s or early 90s. So it's been a long time. Hmm. Uh, My main reason is that it's pretty funny. And the actress that plays the mother, her name is Constance Wu. She's my new favorite. And she will be your new favorite as well. I love it. It's just funny and like a great palate cleanser. Yeah, in this... In these troubled times, I think great sitcoms can be a salve. A salve. A balm. A balm, if you will. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, Constance Wu. I, I also haven't gotten around to that one. I did finally start Blackish, which mm-hmm. totally super duper racistly is also often lumped in with Fresh Off the Boat. They're both on ABC. They're both excellent sitcoms. I think they might both be on the same night too. So it's Are like they? race block. It's like here you go, diverse yeah. families. But like they're both really wonderful. Also, David, De- De- whatever. Julie's not on the Hamilton train. I can't believe I don't make more Hamilton jokes. I do show. know that he plays Rainbow's brother though, and he's very funny. Also, he's a stone cold fox. He's so there. That's another connection. In addition to like a great female lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another connection for you with fresh. Uh, oh no, blackish. See, mm-hmm. then whatever. We're, yeah. We'll lump in blackish like all of the other. Like everybody do. else does. Um, but David Diggs is a stone cold fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, number four on our list is mine, although Julie endorses this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is Lady Dynamite, Maria Bamford's series on Netflix. Um, and I picked this one because, in addition to having a complicated female protagonist, um, it is also a roller coaster of emotions. That is very funny. Um, it's very funny, but there's it's complex. It's a complex show. It is often sad. Mm-hmm. Um, it deals with issues of mental health and some other really wonderful things. But fuck it. Like, there is no other reason that you need to watch it other than it's Maria Bamford's show. And she's one of the funniest people ever. She's amazing. Um, and that one is waiting for you on Netflix alongside Grace and Frankie and Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Netflix is doing right by ladies. Netflix is kind of kicking it real. Yeah. All right. My number three is on PBS. And I think it's actually happening right now or just finished. It is a documentary called Soundbreaking. And it is about the music recording industry with an emphasis on production and what music producers do. And I don't know if you're anything like me. But if you are, you really love a music documentary. Mm-hmm. And this one is incredibly well done. They interview a lot of really cool people. You get to see a lot of very different artists and acts. And you learn more about what happens in the studio. So it's pretty great all the way around. Um, I love a music documentary. It's really I good. I have uh, two sitting in my giant pile of screeners back there. One is Oasis Supersonic. Oh, Lord. One is, I forget the name of it, but it's a documentary about Yo-Yo Ma touring. I'd watch the fuck out of that. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Oh, and there's sort of another one. There's one called Life Animated, uh, which is a documentary about a man um, who realizes that he can communicate with his autistic son through the music of Disney. Wow. Which sounds I've read, I've read fake, a piece. right? I've read a piece about that. Oh, I, I, it's amazing, apparently. Yeah. I haven't gotten around to it yet, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's sitting there waiting for me, and mm-hmm. uh, it's in the pile right underneath Tickled. Oh, God. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, it sounds made up. It sounds like Disney paid somebody to pretend that this is real, but it's mm-hmm. actually real. Um, I just, as soon as we started talking about music documentaries, realized that my final solo choice, I stand by because it is maybe the best show on TV at the moment. Um, or maybe it just ended. I think maybe it just ended. Anyway, um, but I didn't pick Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <laughs> like, but you guys should watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. You really should watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Consider that an addendum to the show we're about to talk about. Because um, it was like complex female protagonist music, whatever. Lots of sex. There's lots of sex on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. There is. I'm an idiot. But it seems awful funny. It's it's more, it's less 
earnest sex yeah. than funny, funny humorous sex. sex. Yeah. Um, and I guess I should also assume that anybody who listens to the show at this point has heard me talk about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend quite a lot. Uh, anyway, my choice, uh, our, the number two on our list is Atlanta, Donald Glover's show, which is on FX. Um, this is the only show on our list that you can't watch either on a network that you probably already have because it's available, one of the major networks, um, or on Netflix or Amazon Prime is our next one. Uh, but this one, if you can find a way to watch it and you don't have FX, it's amazing. It is complex um, often funny, but incredibly thoughtful and sophisticated and, uh, groundbreaking in its way. Um, and yeah, I like, I just don't have anything more to say about it than that. It's just really an excellent show. So my reason that I link that to Outlander is that it's awesome. <laughs> That's the only really con- real connection I need, but we, we've come to the Zenith, the, the precipice, <laughs> the top, the very top. Uh, the pinnacle of television. The cream, if you will. Uh, the show that's so good that we considered doing an episode of this podcast about that show just because. Um, and we didn't ultimately, but I kind of regret it. Um, and that is, Julie, you want to do the honors? Ru- Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race. Start your engines. RuPaul's Drag Race. Make the best woman Best woman win. So. Oh, that's great. And then there's the. This show, if you're not watching it, just start watching it. I don't care how. Allison says it's on Amazon Prime, which I'm... Most of the seasons are on Amazon Prime. You might not be able to find season one because that's the lost season. But I've been watching it since then, and it's worth your eyeballs. First of all, you get to learn an incredible amount about drag culture and gay culture, which is very interesting. Secondly, you get to see people who are very good at doing what they do do what they do which is always compelling you also get to see people who are just it's like they were fucking born to be on television right it's like they these are people who make a living off of just being so goddamn charismatic that you can't stop watching them Mm -hmm. um and you know some of them are like babies in the world of drag. Some of them started five minutes ago. Occasionally, you get somebody who just completely lacks self awareness, which I'm sorry is one of the best and worst things about reality TV. <laughs> but like, there are two kinds of villains, right? There's the villain who knows they're a villain on reality TV, and they're playing that. And there's something about that that can be off putting, but mostly that's fun, and you know that everybody understands it, right? Mm-hmm. Then there are people who are just awful like they have no and they have no idea how awful they are and that happens extremely infrequently on this show and when it does even that is still really really interesting Mm -hmm. um but beyond that it's just so funny it's hilarious and just watching the runway presentation at the end of every episode is so incredible they put so much work into their art form it's so fun to watch this is our great costume entry by the way yes and also you get to see the goat the greatest of all time the michael jordan of drag rupaul charles you get to see him come down that runway every episode like he owns the universe because he does. Opulence. I own everything. Eleganza. Eleganza. Uh, repair, reportedly, that's what we say in the business. 
<laughs> reportedly, when RuPaul was pitching this show, he said, uh, that's a whole nother issue, gender pronouns and drag. Lots of conversation. You learn a lot about gender pronouns and drag mm-hmm. by watching the show. Anyway, RuPaul, uh, who uses his own name as a drag queen and out of drag, um, was when we, he was pitching the show to networks, he said it's like Project Runway meets one of the other like talent shows, only he is both Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum. And he is. And it's amazing. <laughs> At the beginning of the episode, he walks into the workroom, because there's a workroom, in a very natty suit. Every time. Like an amazing suit. And then when the runway happens, it's full Heidi. Like giant wigs, beautiful wigs. And these gorgeous gowns, and then just like glowing, and so much Vaseline on the lens—you never have chapped lips again. Never again, <laughs> just from watching it. Um, and then like amazing competitors and funny. It's so subversive. There was the uh, my—I think I might consider it the best season of the show so far. If not, it would be up there with like season four. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a second season of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars this year. And it was just tremendous. And one of, there's a little mini challenge every episode. And one of them was called Butt Butt Golf. And all the competitors had to wear heels. And these things that they put around their waists that were like, they were like weighted, um, well, balls. And they looked like ball sacks that hung all the way down from their waist between their legs. And they had to swing it to get golf balls into holes and then the pit crew, which is a group of incredibly handsome men who don't wear much clothing and are there to just, like, help. They're, like, the crew. Get it? Mm-hmm. But then, like, they're hot. Um, they're just set <laughs> dressing, basically. Were the obstacles. So some of the girls were very clearly running into them on purpose, and the whole thing was just great. That was great. So if you haven't watched it, you should definitely give it a go. It's, it's so fun, and it takes reality television and kind of turns it on its head. And it's it's just a good clean time. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it is not a show that you will find boring. No. It is very funny, big personalities. Uh I if you can find season one, start there, but if you can't, I do recommend starting at the beginning. Um, because the show sort of builds a vocabulary all its own. Uh, and the more of it you've seen, the more you get out of later episodes. Anyway, that's our number one choice. I yes. stand by it. I can't I, believe I forgot Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but I stand I by 3, it. I 3,000% stand by that choice. That's the only show that I will go to a bar every week when it's on to watch. That's the only one on this list that is destination television for In me. fact, we often watched that show in a bar this last season, despite the fact that I have to have fancy cable for my job, we chose to watch in a bar instead because it is so fun to watch with other people and to listen to them react and meet up with your friends. And Oh, great. yeah, like straight cheering and booing. And anyway, you should watch it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it for this week. We just wanted to share some of these thoughts with you. Um, if you, if there's a show that we're not watching that you think we should watch, please find us on Twitter at PodlanderCast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PodlanderCast, or at our individual Twitter handles. Are you still using Twitter? You probably quit. No, no, you? man. I look at it. I just don't know how to do it because I'm an old. Anyway, I'm at Julie Starby, B-E-E. Uh, and I'm at Allison Shoe, like the thing that you put on your foot. Oh, Julie has a boot right now. I do have a fucking boot. 
It's um, it's very, it's barely noticeable. I know, but everybody sees it. That's okay. It'll be gone soon. Do people get up when you get on the train? Hell no. God, because Chicago. it's the littlest boot. It looks like a shoe. The littlest <laughs> boot. It sounds like a children's book. Neil made that up. <laughs> if you guys listened to the live episode, you remember me talking about how my foot hurt? Yeah. Well, the next day I went to the podiatrist, and oops, I broke my foot protesting the fucking. Mm, I'm not even, you know what I'm saying. He who must not be named. I'm just not. Thanks, just, Harry Potter. I'm not. Um, so, yeah. So, find us and tell us what you think. Uh, give these shows a try. If you hate any of them, tell us th- that, too. I would be very curious. Although, none of you will hate Drag Race. No. If you like listening to us cackle about shit, just wait. Just wait. It's like it's like a show that is nothing but ten Simon Callows. <laughs> it's like Duke of Sandringham times 50. And you know, the funny thing is, some of you, like me in this moment, probably heard Julie talk about a reality television show and say 10 Simon Callows, and you thought, doesn't she mean Simon Cowell? But no, she means Simon Callow. She I means mean, Duke of, like, in those coats. I mean purse first, bitch. Yes. <laughs> uh, and you will love it. So watch it, and we'll be back next week. Um, we're, and we'll be sprinting on right through to the good old show coming back, one hopes. Yeah. If not, I guess then we'll, uh, maybe we'll They really haven't said? Not yet. Oh, that's But, sucks. I mean, that's not super unusual. I mean, it, we know it's coming back, so it's not a big deal, but it just means that this fan base has had to wait a lot for things, and here we are making you wait again. And we love you. We're sorry. I had to go home for Thanksgiving. It wasn't awesome. I love you all. Uh, I I was here, but I am uh, nothing without my boo. I what? don't know. You could have you could add a guest host. No, no what way. Ifs? No, what ifs? no way. All right. Nah, this portion of season nah, one. Nah. No, nah, nah. Guests can join us, but we don't talk about this particular run of season one that we're going into. Ugh. Oh, we don't talk about that. We're not. I'm not talking to, with somebody else about Jenny. Yeah. I'm not talking with somebody else about the trial. Oh, God. I'm not talking. No. Oh, I can't wait to watch that episode again. Oh, we got the spanking coming up. I know. Gross. Ooh. Yeah, but they have that hot makeup sex, though. Yeah. Well, hot because she holds a knife to his throat. By it's the way, hot. you should all be learning how to use a knife, just in general. Ah, the world is uh, a pit <laughs> of misery. <laughs> but there are good television shows on and also Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to help uh, to adapt and produce the King Killer Chronicle which is great so uh, there are at least small pleasures and one big pleasure is fucking RuPaul Charles get on that shit uh, for now I'm going to finish this tall boy and Julie's going to finish hers uh, and that's it yep we'll be back next week with Outlander stuff yeah there's going to be boning there will be be bone. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. I drink your milkshake.